This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, 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 hello. Your signal's gone to shit, David. Hello. 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 Welcome to the My Old Men Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldMenSaid.com, and your host joining me for the latest edition, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. Not too bad. A uh, bit of a... Uh, strange one because yeah weird uh, isn't it bit of a first for all of us this week mm-hmm. the the monarch that has been uh, in well has been reigning since all of us were born here i don't think there'll be many listeners actually who uh knew a monarch before uh queen elizabeth ii but uh the knock-on effect of her passing uh, I'm, I'm sure you've already heard uh enough uh, on her via the media but uh, one of the knock-on effects is the postponing of uh, Aston Villa's game against Leicester which we would have normally been talking about uh, on this episode. Uh, We're recording this a little earlier so we're not actually uh, we don't actually know if the Southampton game is on 100%. So uh, the Leicester game or El Sacchio as uh, people were calling it uh, has probably been pushed into the new year. Could well be, yeah. It's probably saved Steven Gerrard's job for a few more days. Well, I don't know. I think he might have wanted it now because Leicester may have regrouped uh, mm. by the time we play them uh, in you know, 2023. Because they've been bloody might, awful, haven't they? It might have been a real chance of uh, three points there. We shall see. Especially with the state of their goalkeeper trying to replace Kasper Schmeichel. Jesus Christ, he was awful at uh, was it Brighton, wasn't it, the last two previously? Yeah, I mean, they may even have a, a transfer window before we play them now, so... Uh, <laughs> Their manager could even be managing Villa. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Phil, settle down, settle down. Such is the state of flux in Britain at the moment. <laughs> new new uh, head of state, new prime minister, new everything else. Anyway, coming up in the show, we'll do the uh, the usual uh, Villa news, three points, uh, medium muppets before uh, a more kind of general chat. Uh, we didn't do uh, something for the weekend, uh, obviously, because there was no Leicester game, but we didn't want to leave you hanging entirely. I was going to say, what news should we talk about? Uh, I think we'll just go straight to the Villa news. <laughs> Probably best. Yeah.
Well, there isn't that much of it, actually. Not a lot's <laughs> actually uh, happened. This is going to be a great show, this one. First of all, uh, obviously, what we've just mentioned, Aston Villa's uh, away game at Leicester has been postponed uh, at this stage of the podcast. Probably you are more wiser when you uh, listen to it. Southampton is a TBC. Meanwhile, uh, if... Uh, the uh, passing of Queen Elizabeth II was a chance to reflect on one's life, then uh, maybe people should uh, reflect on uh, spending every day on Twitter because uh, the latest uh, uproar on Twitter is uh, Frederick Gilbert uh, referencing uh, having not having his picture on the uh, the website in in the team lineup. Uh, somebody, I think it was the Birmingham Mail, referred to the fact, and he retweeted that and said, "Cherry on the cake." Between him and Trevor Sinclair, it's not been a good couple of days on Twitter, has it? Morgan Sanson is in the picture, though, so uh, maybe he does have a future. I was, I was expecting those guys, at least one of them, to ship off to Turkey, but uh, even they, even t- the Turkish uh, Super League has no place for these uh, Villa French misfits. What do they used to call the... Uh, not the resistance, what's the other group in the... Uh... <laughs> foreign Legion? Yeah, the Foreign Legion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I mean, Gilbert, I thought uh, there was a role for him as a backup uh, right back until I saw our new uh, starting right back, Ashley Young, against oh. Manchester City. Talk oh. about an upgrade. Talk yep. about an upgrade. So now Matty Cashew is the backup uh, right back. So Benjamin Button. Uh, Philippe Coutinho is not in the Brazilian squad. Uh, the first time in 11 months that he's dropped out of that. I, th- I think rightly so, because uh, he's been playing within himself 100%, really. Yeah, highly ineffective if you're being polite. Um, and and yeah, still have got it's... a wealth of talent. We'll talk more about him uh, late, later on, actually. There's something kind of interesting that's come out of that Manchester City game, which we'll address. Meanwhile, uh, the Aston Villa w- women's team has signed on a season-long loan from Manchester United, Kirsty Hansen. Right, uh, let's get on to uh, Media Muppets. <laughs> What's in the uh, medium Muppet trough this week, Mr. Shaw? Well, I would like to say it's long-time target, Piers Morgan, but unfortunately he's not the, the Muppet. He is the victim of some very artistic licensing from the battery hens of the Birmingham Mail. The headline they came out with was Piers Morgan calls for Premier League fixture U-turn after Aston Villa and Wolves' decision. So the problem with this is he just hasn't. It's, it's completely false. The headline is just, it's just a lie because... The logistics involved, even peers would know the logistics involved in performing a U-turn on those fixtures after you had announced they had been cancelled. It just wouldn't make it possible. Yeah. I mean, whether the decision was correct or incorrect, which we might talk about later, once you make the decision, that's it. It's done. Um, what Piers Morgan actually tweeted was, sporting events should go ahead. The Queen loves sport, and it would be great to see here huge crowds singing the national anthem and tribute, as West Ham's did so magnificently last night. Then an hour later, after the decision was made, he just... Just a clarification, his initial tweet was before the decision. Yeah. And then he just retweeted it, didn't it, saying ridiculous decision. Yeah. So, I mean, he hasn't called for a U-turn at all, because calling for a U-turn is a ridiculous thing yeah. to come out with, because once it's... once. You know, you're past the point of no return once the decision's been made. So, unfortunately, it's not it's not Pierce. This is just using somebody's name for clout to get a to get a headline. Basically, it's it uh, okay, it's sad. What uh, gets churned out as as news nowadays? It's I don't know. It's just it's soul destroying to put it bluntly. Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
to put it blunter. <laughs> this is like the Muppet show and uh, Chris Budd is sitting up in the box like those two old men. <laughs> He's just going, just occasionally know. just interrupting going, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the second time you've done it so far. Yeah, it's just that this one's a, it's a bit of a collector's It's not often that the headline's just blatantly wrong. Just like it's completely wrong. It's, it's not, not often even... that the headline's blatantly <laughs> wrong. It's pretty much 70% of the time, isn't it? A d- 70 times a day. Yeah. They usually try and get a bit of ambiguity out of it, but this is just factually incorrect. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This the the world's burning in front of our eyes. The the last thing holding it all together has now departed. So uh, good luck for the the rest of our lives. I think we're going to need it. Right, let's get into the three points. Number one, Chelsea have actually broken, uh, it's the record, isn't it? World record transfer fee for a manager. Now, who would have thought, Phil Shaw, that it would be Graham Potter? <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> this is, all the this is fantastic. On offer. From Brighton, that uh, mecca of uh, football science. 20 million plus 2 million for his backroom staff. That it, That's a gamble, isn't it? I think so. It is a gamble, but it's it's. I think it's brilliant because... Graham Potter, you know I'm not a biggest fan of his style of football, but he is very popular with the, what you'd call the the football hipster writer crowd. So every time a manager's job comes up, they go, oh, they should seriously be looking at Graham Potter. The, Why do they not consider Graham Potter for this? Well, <laughs> Chelsea have just slapped the money down. They right, Potter's in. Let's see how he does now. And you just see like all these football writers, like, right, back him or sack him time. It's like, is, is he going to be the success? I mean, if Potter isn't a success, I don't think it really will be down to him because I'm sure he will get a tune out of Chelsea, but they don't give like the best managers in the world. No disrespect to uh, Potter, but do you think we've got to the stage where I think it was the last the last process of Premier League management was like top, top managers, European managers that started to, uh, once they'd tried the top four, top six and been sacked, they were kind of redundant for those clubs. So then, you know, the likes of Angelotti... Ranieri, Benitez were suddenly finding themselves at the likes of Watford, Newcastle, Everton. And now that seems to have failed. We're now in like some wilderness that Premier League football doesn't know what to do because there was that recycling before of the likes of Allardyce, Bruce, Pardew. Pulis, etc. Yeah. Pulis, that was all like kicked to, kick to touch all the clubs that would actually drop to that level basically had those managers and now we're in a whole new dawn this is why it's kind of in Villa's interest to keep Gerard as long as there's a sign it might work mm. because the alternative there's nothing out there no there's no bankers I mean there's some potentially no. box office names but there's they're not like guys who've won you trophies there's not you know, there's not a lot of this is the problem old Pochettino, with uh, it's like is... surely he would have been uh, Chelsea because he was the only one on the merry-go-round really yeah, available. He's the, but he's got the Spurs connection and he's a yeah. bit of a weird well, that one. That doesn't but really stop people You, nowadays, would, you, would, you wouldn't have thought so, but I think what no. you're seeing as well is, certainly I can only speak for English football, you're seeing the downside of when the league becomes such a fucking monopoly over a long period. So you've got like Pep at City, you know, Klopp at Liverpool, but there's not like the next manager and their team coming through and pushing them well the next club they just sacked him yeah i mean i, I mean i really like to i think it's a bizarre decision i really especially do. after giving them a quarter of a billion pounds to spend yeah, and then you've just <laughs> spent it and then you got right cheers for spending that now we're off unless it's money that actually it hasn't really been his spend and they've just gone and bought the players they want and they've said go and coach him and he's gone because there was rumor wasn't there about them suggesting the uh 
what do you call it, system and the tactics and stuff. Yeah, where did that come from? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I could, you can kind of imagine it with a new hedge fund manager owner and stuff that wants it done his way. Because all all of this has really just inflated the stock of people that really uh, you shouldn't be paying 20 million compensation for Potter. That just uh, it gives that illusion that he's... Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. It gives some illusion that he's some kind of tactical mastermind, which, uh, I mean, you know, what's he done? He's got Brian to ninth. That's about it. Yeah, well, he beat a poor Man United game in their fir- team in their first game, and then he beat Leicester, who are on the floor in the last game, in between. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's a good timing for Potter, because in the month of October, Brighton have got to play Manchester City, Liverpool, Spurs, and uh, I think Arsenal as well. They've got like four of the top six, so that, you know, certainly they would be mid-table, and nobody would be uh, bowing down at the throne of Potter. So it's a perfect storm for him, Brighton. Although, you know, when it comes to, uh, and we don't want to linger on this point, but then again, we haven't got much else to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what is the value of a manager to a, a player? Because, I mean, the comparison here, 20 million, what's that gets you a Wesley, doesn't it, in terms of Villa? Yeah. Now, I would rather invest 20 million into a good manager than any player, really. And of course, it comes with the backroom team and, you know, it's the people that guide the ship, mould it. Did do all the development stuff? I think some of the maybe some of the slightly more, should we say, underutilized or undervalued guys in the modern game are probably your analysts. Which you know, within a new American owner, they love the whole money ball thing, don't they? So if they've got a manager who's up on that, and they've got a good analytics team behind them, they'll go straight. Because they've for always, that. they've also asked him to help select the sporting director, haven't they? Which is a strange decision. Surely the sporting I don't director know. I think would come in first. Probably have one eye, one eye on what Howe did at Newcastle. And thinking, oh, actually, that Maybe. kind of level of manager, the up and coming, you know, kind of English, almost like who would you want as your mentor or something? Well, no, well, not necessarily. You know, whoever's potentially good, who they can work with. But I mean, they've they've looked at probably looked at how and say, well, actually, this can work. And uh, let's uh, let's build around this, and let's maybe go for something a bit more long term. But it's all well and good that intention, but will they will their nerve hold? Because it doesn't seem in the Premier League that any owners or uh, you know boards' uh, nerve does hold to see a project through. I mean, that's why Villa, are, you know, they're not going to sack Gerard just like that, or else uh, that's just kind of reckless because you're never going to get anywhere. There's got to be some adversity for something to work most of the time you don't just get a manager in and it's like hunky-dory from day dot there's always a, a bit of a downturn while uh, yep. they kind of sort things out yeah i mean look at the, you know, the, the i suppose the, the always sort of extreme example of that of course was ferguson at united admittedly the game's yeah. changed yeah. a bit but he was a, it took him a long time to get it to build that juggernaut and that, and also you think about united on and off the pitch really it wasn't wasn't until they started really winning premier leagues that they became that commercial giant well, they've always been fan always base big. wise. Like them and Liverpool have always been the biggest. Like, but, that's but in terms of like institutions, global, it's, yeah. it's no, nah, it's it's still it's always been like that. It's uh, but I think in my the, day as a kid, you know, Premier Manchester, League. you know, Liverpool always the biggest. I think they were the biggest, but in terms of what they became, that real like global juggernaut, I think they they flew ahead of the other teams in the Premier League first. Well, that's just like ridiculous success, just uh, yeah. fed into that. But initially, yeah. they were like you know them and Liverpool. Were, that's that's why there was this clamour. What is you know why can't Manchester United you know, win the league? But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, you, you said the game was different then. I think it's still. I think the principle's the same. It's uh, the only thing harder now is there's more well developed teams because back in those days it was literally Liverpool and that was it 
and uh, you know that who who came second swapped around a little bit more than it would uh, nowadays. With with, you, with you, occasional you, teams, you know, you'd have like a Villa come in second, or you'd have Blackburn yeah, winning Watford, it one year. Norwich, all yeah, those guys. Yeah, but, yeah there's, uh, there's a Newcastle were in the mix, and then yeah, the the Potter thing. It just is like, will he handle the egos of that Chelsea squad that have been assembled for? A, yeah, I mean because. What your Thiago Silva's, your your players like that, exper- more experience, yeah, more experience in the game than Potter himself. I mean, if he can crack that, then probably the sky is the limit for him. Mm. But that's where I think it could fall down. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I mean, that's the thing you you thought with Gerard is you're not going to get that because you know his uh, his ego is bigger than all of them. <laughs> his, well, his aura is uh, b- bigger than all of them. It's it's a bit of a it's a complete contrast, isn't it? It's not necessarily works though. I mean, it's like the Mourinho effect, uh, where you have somebody who uh, never made it as a player, and you know a lot of good managers start that way due to an injury as a player or whatever. So they get into it at the start. You know, they they would be seen as the seen by pros as the failed player. So there's got to be that switch where they do get respected, and it's always about results, isn't it? Yep. So I think uh, results and, got- and probably process as well. You know, I think some players go actually, you know, I really buy into this guy because obviously they they get a different stance, don't they, to the pundits and the fans because they get that day to day sort of working relationship. And some players go, actually, I really like working under this guy. I mean, I'd be interested to see how much flexibility there would be in in a transitional season that Potter has to have uh, this season. As well as that, I mean, the the scouts that he's bringing or the analysts that he's bringing, they're used to uncovering small fee, small value players to replace the players that they yeah, sell on. Sort of maximizing. Suddenly, it's a, is it like you've been used to working within constraints and then there's no constraints and all of a sudden they go and buy silly players, Mr. Lang, and it, it just doesn't work out? Well, they're, they're certainly shopping in a different pool, aren't they? Now? Yeah. Anyway, let's go to uh, point number two. Point number two, uh, in terms of uh, the Queen Elizabeth's uh, II passing, uh, when you look at... Uh, the English top flight wins per monarch, a stat that's been going around at Twitter. Uh, most uh, wins for an English team uh, since uh, Queen Elizabeth is Manchester United. We haven't uh, run the numbers on this. We are assuming this uh, tweet is correct in its uh, substance. Always uh, dangerous. Yes. <laughs> uh, George uh, George the Sixth. before that, Wolf, Wolverhampton Wanderers. This one's a bit bizarre. Edward the Eighth. Brentford. What did he have? Like one weekend or something? Yeah, they had their good, their good sort of run before he abdicated. Did they? Ah, interesting. Uh, George V, uh, Sunderland were the team. Edward the Seventh. It was Newcastle United, and then uh, Queen Victoria, Aston Villa. That the Victorian age. Not that we always... live in the past or anything. <laughs> no, no, not that we cling on to the past in in any shape or form. Hurrah! Well, well, I'm thinking uh, the way this is this is going. You've got the old King Charles the Third uh, reign, which is going to be ultimately a transitional period, ten to twenty years. Would you give him? I mean, they do have good health care. The uh, royal think, yeah, thing. potentially yeah, twenty years. So that I think we can get our shit in order in those <laughs> let's say two decades, and then the William reign is where we are. We'll be number one oh, again. I think it's going to get lively, and it that will <laughs> the be where stand we... might be finished by then. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we come back to the top of the tree so uh just got to hang in there i'm gonna need to get some good health care from somewhere because this nhs i don't think i'll make it right uh point number three uh 
literally, this is a point about taking the piss, literally, in the FA Cup, where a goalkeeper was sent off for running over to a hedge. And uh, this is when uh, the ball went out for a goal kick. Couldn't hold himself, needed to go to the toilet. So it went uh, to a nearby hedge and uh, took a waz while other players were shouting, what's he doing, to the ref. The ref just went up to him, red card, and he was off. It's a bit harsh. This was a game uh, between Blackfield and Langley FC and Mallet FC. Is that Timmy Mallet? (laughs) (laughs) I've never never heard of these clubs. This is at very early rounds of the FA Cup, obviously. Uh, So uh, I'm a bit bit worried about Phil Shaw. He's a bit amoral, isn't he? He's he's having hooters on the front of shirts. He's he's not (laughs) sending people off for pissing in hedges during a game. Anything goes in the world of Shaw. You don't yeah. want to be shaking okay. the guy's hand, do you, after the game? No. Well, you, you could see Emmy doing that, couldn't you? Just to, to kill a few more seconds. Goal kick. Oh, hold on, lads. Just run into take the a stand. No, take a piss in the Stratford end. Yeah, be great. <laughs> I've already done the fake injury. What can I do now? <laughs> We've all been there, Emmy. Before we go on, I just want to give a, a big shout out to uh, the My Old Man Said members. Uh, and thank you very much for supporting the show, as always. As a My Old Man Said member, you get access to extra shows you get ad free versions and most of all you get access to uh, our inner circle on match club uh, if you do enjoy the show please do uh, go to myomensaid.com and click on the members link to get more details and uh, please do uh, consider joining us the uh, big uh, shout out to uh, daniel Napruce. i hope i'm pronouncing that right for joining us as an annual member if you join us as an annual member you get a 10 percent off which is uh, just over a month's free membership so go to myomensaid.com and click on the members link for more details right we would have been talking about the leicester game three points uh vastly improving our goal difference as well after that dendonka hat trick but rare clean uh, al- sheet alas not i was looking forward to this do you think we're going to lose momentum we certainly managed to get a glimpse of uh momentum and uh, it's taken away from us uh, in t- typical fashion maybe but i I, th- I don't necessarily think having the time to mould this is the worst thing. Yeah, I think there's, there's so much wrong that the more... T- well, we say that, but... We've seen we've been more, here before, haven't we? The more time you <laughs> give Gerard to coach, the worse it seems to get. That's the that's the payoff here. It seems <laughs> rather, to be the, the, the bad sort of sign. I prefer so Villa far, just not thinking about it, just flying in and... Just play and, every game. Just play 38 pl- games a season in 38 days. Players just playing on instinct and remembering the players that they were and why they were bought for, you know, such... Uh, well, look at Bailey's goal against Transfer City. fees. Don't think, just hit it and it flew in. Yeah. I can't remember, was Remy Gard's draw against Manchester City? Was it one game before, like a break as well? It's, something's telling me that. And that one we got a clean oh. sheet in. The parallels. We don't like to draw those parallels. It's dangerous. Would you be surprised if it all went to the... (laughs) I probably wouldn't. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, this is the problem with this uh, postponement. We want to know, are we turning a corner? <laughs> We're clutching at straws here, but we want to know, are, are we you know, are we actually moving away from uh, the peril of where we are in the league and uh, what's happening? Or uh, are we in a terminal uh, fall here? We need the games. So, uh, what do you think yeah. of this postponement? Uh, I'm kind of uh, you understand it, obviously, because of the protocol. But it's when the actual protocol says you can play if you want. Yeah. And the Premier League, uh, other you know, cricket and uh, rugby. Is it rugby league? They're playing, and which are more like uh, the middle class sports, which would probably be more. Uh, Aligned with the royalty, you would think. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you know, you know what where, where we're coming from here. But you know, the boxing there was a big women's fight. Uh, Savannah Marshall and Carissa Shields that was uh, taken off. Obviously, there are things like even like other cultural things like last night at the proms stuff like that's gone. Yeah, I just wondered that was the were all eyes in the Premier League when they were making the decision, and they've just taken taken the option that they thought that everybody else would do at the time, and then yeah. turns out nobody else took that. We don't know whether we're playing Southampton, but I think we had a run of fixtures which were, in terms of levels, were pretty similar. Whether, you know, if you were talking originally Leicester, Southampton, Leeds, Forest. So bearing that in mind, and bearing in mind the way uh, Gerard went against Manchester City, I mean, you'll notice that the three that replaced Grealish in the aggregate, only one started. And if you add yeah. Coutinho on top of that, only one started, that was Bailey. Would you uh, necessarily uh, go for a sim- similar dynamic against the likes of Leeds and Forest, for example? Would do no harm against Le- yeah, would do no harm against Leeds, I think. In terms of shape, I think I would. I think in terms of personnel, probably you'd probably put in a slightly more progressive player further forward. I think the big question mark, as we've you know we've said in previous pods, now is is where well, if and where do you fit in your captain? Does he even play? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move on to that in a second. That was my next question. But uh, in terms of the uh, the forward players, like you know, the the original conversation was Buendia or Coutinho, and now it's like uh, any of them. Well, and Ramsey's Ramsey's come in and got himself an assist further forward, which is where he is more um, yeah. useful. It might be that he just goes with the same team, you know, the team that sort of finished. You know, obviously, Young's going to come in for cash. You would you would imagine. I don't know how long cash is out for. They haven't sort of said that yet, have they? Hamstring, Phil? you'd expect a few weeks. But other than that, no changes. I wouldn't have thought. He'll, he'll reward them for getting the result. I think he will probably... It, we say no changes, and I, I would agree no changes, but I, you can't predict. So I think he'll, he'll, he'll change it, and it'll be if... I personally wouldn't. I would stick with the same as well and keep Ramsey up in that high sort of like left position just off Watkins because the the amount of territory that Ramsey can quickly cover compared to some of the other players 
is just it gets you up there and Watkins is the same he's already up there so it's automatically Villa are doing their business in the right end of the pitch rather than losing it in the middle yeah, you get mobility and a bit of tempo, don't you? I think I've been mean, saying that Buendia does give you a little bit more tempo than Coutinho. I think if you get Coutinho on a good day, brilliant. But I, I think we away spoke from home, about uh, one of the issues was Watkins did a sterling job, but there was nobody uh, quite close to him to get that second ball or uh, obviously uh, get the rewards of his endeavours. So, uh, what would you suggest in terms of that player to uh, get closer to him? Because surely the ones that we've mentioned uh, would be normally that player. Yeah. I think Whether it's just playing about, in the hole. Yeah, I think it's if it's if you're having a, a four three three, it's just allowing those front three to to really push on and give them license to go, and maybe giving one of your midfield three at any given time license to go. So you've always got sort of two men behind the ball, of which you would think Kamara is going to be one of them if he, you know if he plays. Then Donker, if he comes in and plays, which I think he will at some point sooner rather than later, give you balance, and it'll probably be a case of um, allowing your front three or four players to go and win you the game, but. Having that slight, slightly more pragmatic approach seemed to work in Gerard's early stages, and maybe he's going to have to revert back to what actually kind of worked for him very early on. And yeah, um, I don't quite buy into this allowing your front three players to win the game. That, that sounds like the old style where you just put in like all these riches of Coutinho, Ings, Watkins, and it's like right then, guys, when, if the ball gets in your half, you do your thing. Well, I think it's more uh, as we saw against City, it was the team working in unison. And I think that's more of the approach uh, going forward now. Well, it probably has to be. Yeah, the fullbacks need to sit slightly deeper. Well, a lot deeper. And then, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost lazy in the fullbacks that they don't get back when they're so far up the pitch. I mean, it's not fair to say lazy because they probably put in more yards than fullbacks in any other team because Jared hasn't played so high. But if they're at least half that distance up, they, they can get back. I mean, that's where you've seen... Bailey's became more alive whenever Young was behind him to cover for him. Yeah, yeah, because if they if they bombed up against Manchester City, we'd have been cut to ribbons. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean by pragmatic. I think it's about having the discipline, isn't it, in your in your shape to kind of pick your moments when to go, as opposed to right, we're just going to go all out from the word go. And it's a little bit naive, I suppose, to to think that any half decent Premier League team um, are going to let you play that way. That was definitely the problem against Palace. You could see because you had a good start and everything else, but then they were just so easily countered just went fell apart yeah we, we discussed this on a uh, members only podcast in detail so uh, we won't go uh, too much into it but the question of McGinn didn't have the greatest games against City and obviously you've got now the pressure of uh, Dendonka coming in uh, is that a straight swap I mean Dendonka will benefit from the postponed uh, game so that might work in his favour in terms of getting that start uh, be it above McGinn or whoever well it's allowed them all just time to not necessarily finalise, I don't think they'll ever finalise it, but certainly decide upon a system that they think they want to play. And, you know, bar sort of Carlos, who's going to be out for a while, he's pretty set on his personnel now, isn't he? Obviously after the you know, the transfer window, etc. Well, I mean, he says horses for courses in terms of formation. So that's, I mean, that's fair enough. But I'm just talking about specifically McGinn. I think he'll drop Louise before he drops McGinn. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start McGinn. And like you said, it's going to be the the road for his own back again at this stage because I, I just can't see him dropping his captain. I, th- I think he should just to let everybody sort of reassess, but I don't think he will. I'd probably McGinn needs that not necessarily a hard reset, but he needs the kind of pull him out the firing line for a, even if it's just for a game because you know you could bring somebody else in in that position and they have an absolute well, stink. Phil's, just, goes, Phil's just said he's not going to drop him. So you, what are you saying? <laughs> he should. Um, I think he'll be deliberating over it because we looked. 
we didn't miss him, did we, against City when he went off? If anything, we took the game to them more. Well, that's the thing. We, we blatantly improved. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the, the Manchester United situation. I mean, there you have Harry Maguire. He's been in like a, he's held them back, you would almost say, by keeping playing him because of him being captain and because of him, uh, the, the price tag on him. Now, their, their new manager just dropped him. So your captain is sitting on the bench, your 80 million captain. I'm not saying McGinn's 80 million, but it's the same sort of scenario. Jared maybe needs to do that and just see how it goes. I mean, even if it is only a couple of games. What, and build McGinn's confidence up? Or will it be shattered by... Uh, well, it would be. Uh, it's it's yeah. kind of a punch in the gut to be given captain and then dropped after a few games. But that shows what you're made of. You know, There's far bigger players historically who have been you know, been dropped from their team, come back and you know, re- retain their place and said, this is what I'm all about. It might be that, you know, bringing him off the bench in one of these games where you get, a, not necessarily a headless chicken McGinn, but you get all action McGinn for 20 minutes at the end of a game. A little bit like how we've seen, you know, Buendia. You know, if, if, if Gerard's talking about it being a squad game, you know, McGinn almost becomes your club captain. Because you know, you're going to have Young on the field, you're going to have Martinez on the field. I think even more intriguing than McGinn now is the Louise situation, uh, potentially. Because uh, we, we refuse good money for him. And uh, with, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I would say it's unlikely that he would sign a new contract unless he, he became a part of a successful Villa team that started rampaging up the league. And if he was kind of a big, a big, you know, a big part of that, yeah. And he actually saw a, a future in that, in terms of success. And maybe we, we go on a uh, a cup run. But you know, these days, if a club swoops in and uh, he gets a direct signing on bonus, that will probably uh, sway his judgment. Especially if he, can, you know, if he gets a move to Arsenal or somewhere. Yeah, if I was going to offer him a con- contract, it would be your your Delft scenario, only with that tw- that twenty five million as a release clause. It's like this is what they we're going to pay for. They were clearly ready to pay this. We're not going to put a stupid release clause on it. There it is, twenty five million. Just sign on. If you'll get a small wage bump, but at least it financially secures his pos- or Villa's position. Maybe they're going to have to be sort of quite savvy how they operate now. Um, and it's you can't imagine Louise as we've sort of I've said numerous times. The Brazilian players across Europe, you've seen it so many times, are not the most loyal. I don't think, I don't, yeah, I find it hard to believe. I mean, Delft so I, don't, was, I don't think he'll sign a deal out Delft of the Delft was genuinely club. torn, wasn't he? Because, uh, you know, he understood about reputation and uh, being captain. And so he, he was, you know, wanting to stay, uh, you know, genuinely. And I think he probably tried to do the right thing. It just was a bit of yeah, a PR just, own goal. Yeah, it's just the way the club presented it uh, that yeah. it backfired. So uh, I don't think that's in uh, Douglas Louise's DNA from uh, everything I've heard. No, but it's not It's not in his DNA. But if he gets us uh, a wage bump for the, the remaining time he's at Villa, it could be enough to swim. Because you, you're, you're just looking to not look, not look stupid for not taking the 25 million. So what happens if somebody comes in January and offers 10? Get him to sign the contract in February. <laughs> No, um, you mean if he if he hasn't signed a contract, get a, you know yeah. now if somebody offers ten, depends where Villa are in the league. Yeah, because you know uh, he's you know he's off if he hasn't signed a Villa contract by uh, January. Yeah, and and also it'll depend where we're at in terms of our wider recruitment. That could also depend on who your manager is. I might add, but it might be that Villa, you know, which you know, they've kind of sort of you know come out and said, oh, you know, we were looking for that additional midfielder. If they continue their search and find it, and they go, actually, we've got our guy. We'll take what we can for Louise now and put it towards the, the new guy. I think if we're still in the similar position in the league table as we are now, you, you're talking about a fire sale, uh, Louise. Five million? Yeah, <laughs> take it. No yeah. 
Two, two and a half from again. Yep, some money back. We'll take that. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see how Louise approaches this as well because he's actually played, you know, I thought he had a pretty good game against City and he's certainly a, a, a much better ball player in there. And he looks like a, a better foil for, uh, you know, a Kamara. Well, you kind of need it to uh, work. Uh, you do for now. Uh, the, that the more pragmatic uh, uh, yeah. formation, the one against Manchester City. You'd unless you're going to go down the sort him. of the Camber route, but I don't think they will. Nah, the ball isn't sticking with that boy. That's I think that he's his he's your disruptor. Race his race is run potentially because yeah. Dendonka will get above him uh, every time now. Especially if you're going to play a midfield like a flat three, you know, yeah. Camber's the guy you just stick in front of the back four and go, don't cross the halfway line, which I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see. His days are over, unless uh, you know there's a uh, one or two injuries, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if he has his hand forced, yeah. I think that. Um... The interesting thing, actually, I was, I was going to mention was that I, I was thinking about. So, if, you, if you're you know, you're losing these these two games, you've got an international break, etc., then you're going to run relatively short period into a, a World Cup. Potentially, the impact of Carlos's injury could be less because if you can get him back in a relatively short amount of time, bear in mind, you know, Conza had a supposedly really bad injury and came back a lot sooner. It might be that he doesn't he misses a lot of time, but doesn't actually miss that many games. Yeah, it depends when they shoehorn the extra games in, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they put him uh, to the back end of this the, the season, then uh, yeah. Although I, I don't see him being that pivotal to our season, actually. I, don't, I mean, I, I wouldn't be sitting around waiting for him to, to get back. I mean, I don't think in reality, would he have that run of results in the games he hasn't played so far, would he have actually made any difference to the outcome? I don't think he would, because no. I think the, the problems weren't actually with him. Yeah, it's not in, it's not necessarily individuals. It's the whole setup. It's the whole formation. Yeah, and um, when you're talking about unit. yeah, when you yeah, exactly. When you're talking about centre back, it's not him on his own. He could be the, the greatest centre back to ever live. Uh, if you're not, you know, if your teammates aren't covering their runners, etc., then you know it's, it's a waste of time. It's like you know, for example, against Haaland, Mings did a, a sterling job. But uh, obviously he was uh, further forward for the cross, so the cross was over him, and it was up to Konza to track uh, Haaland, yeah. and he didn't. So uh, yeah. if that whole unit's not working, then... And, you know, you saw him get done against Everton as well on their goal. Yeah, and the Bournemouth defensive performance was pretty yeah. horrendous. Um, yeah, so I think he was he still needed games to... Uh, settle in. To settle in, and, and, it's, and would he have formed a unit, a, a strong unit, is more of the question of rather, you know, just blindsiding yourself to the fact, oh, 26 million, he was definitely an upgrade and he must be better. Not necessarily so. Agreed. I mean, I think we would have been probably making more judgment on him after the World Cup period in the, and in the new year, so we'll have yeah, to... So we can't, yeah, we, you know, we can't really use him as an excuse at this stage, uh... And no. I think uh, I think you know the uh, Bednarak is uh, as probably as good cover as we could have got uh, with the circumstances uh, in in the respect of not wasting money. It's a loan and uh, also uh, of of a decent level and and a good. I'm getting bored of this physical profile reference now, but uh, in terms of some big juggernaut in there, kind of spot yeah. on because that was something we kind of needed just to because uh, Chambers is a bit more more of a ball player, you know, more bit more Fay and Cons is kind of in the middle, so an out and out uh, kind of traditional centre back is probably a good choice. Yeah, certainly uh, when you're getting better again, if David Moyes wanted him at West Ham, and you know the kind of centre backs that Moyes has at West Ham, big physical threat, aerial yeah. threat. You know, it, it's well, a good defend, sort of defenders, defenders, defenders yes, defend. yeah. So it's, it's sort of a, it's a good reference. Yeah, and I think West Ham were in for both of those players if reports are to believe. So uh, 
Um, uh, when you consider that their first first look is to be solid, then I mean, uh, Dendonka, Rice, and Suchek could be a very sort of big profile midfield, wouldn't it? Just in terms yeah. of height and physicality, you have to go through the legs. <laughs> so we we will see how this uh, plays out. I, I, I just wanted games. Uh, it's a bit. Uh, Unfortunate, uh, obviously, uh, overall the circumstances. But uh, in terms of uh, when you get two uh, signings in, it's uh, the first thing you want to see is how they uh, shape up in terms of that uh, first eleven, and you want to get uh, your eyeballs on them straight away. But uh, we're patient, I think, enough. But uh, October certainly, uh, if nothing else, is when uh, I think Villa season really uh, ignites. Certainly has to six games. Games that, uh, at this point of time, you would say you could potentially get something from any of those games. I mean, the only against the tra- traditional top four would be Chelsea, and they would be very much in transition at this stage with a, a new manager. So uh, that would be uh, open season on that one. And they're a bit of a sitting duck away from home, to be honest, at the moment. Yeah. I think going to Stamford Bridge might be a different kettle of fish, but they're certainly defensively there to be got at. If you're brave, I think that's one of those games that you can sort of set up as you did against City and but be a little bit more um, expansive. I think uh, bottom line is we will pretty much learn what's going to happen to Villa this season. I think you'll know the fate of your manager in those six games. Yeah, You'll know if uh, we're any good. You'll know uh, if Gerard is uh, going to be a bit more pragmatic and reigning with all these uh, superstar signings, for want of a better term, and uh, just drip feed them off the bench. I mean, we've got a supersonic bench, to be, uh, yeah. to be honest. I'm just <laughs> nice to have match winners. Didn't, didn't hmm? we say in the previous one? It's, yeah. <laughs> when, when would you have come away from a game with Man City and you've got what you're bringing, Buendia, Coutinho and Ashley Young off the bench? Yeah, I'm just wondering if it gets to January and you suddenly have maybe 30 games left before the end of the season, if it gets to something stupid like that, if there's any more sort of delays, World Cup, if there's anything happens that stops games being played and you're suddenly looking at like a real shootout from January to May, like a couple of games a week. What, what, what are you uh, proposing, uh, sure, There's going to be some kind of apocalypse as well? Thrown in. <laughs> well, it's probably... <laughs> I haven't I haven't checked the, the, the book of Revelation to see where we're at now in the the end of the world, but still we're I think we're taking along the list nicely. No, I think uh, I mean you know the the, the monarch uh, passing away. That's the last time that happened was seventy years ago. So uh, I don't think Charles is going to uh, kick it uh, uh, during this season anyway. COVID over the winter—that's uh, potential, I suppose. Flock of locusts. Uh, I'm just thinking your FA Cup, your League Cup, the just everything that's it's going to be crammed. The fixture list is going to be crammed, and then this is why we what, have a big squad. Mm, it depends. I think on part of the reason uh, that they postponed uh, that round of games uh, with Leicester was the fact that they'd done it before, so recently with the COVID situation, and, and found a way to complete a season. So I think that emboldened them to not actually overthink it too much. They just thought, yeah, out of respect, that's it. Because they knew, oh yeah, we can make it up. We've, we, you know, we've gone through worse before. So I think that helped the decision. So I, I don't think there'll be a problem. Uh, I mean, I think uh, as we've just said, we've got a, in terms of squad now, uh, what we can bring off the bench and and, and, and in terms of depth uh, per se, uh, I think we're in a good position. I mean, you know, we've done podcast after podcast saying that wouldn't it be nice to have an impact sub, and that shows you where we've where, where we've come from. So in terms of continual improvement, maybe personally, I was just talking about the bench. Great having a bench, but it's probably better to have a good starting lineup. Uh, it's a ninety-minute game. 
<laughs> right, uh, let's uh, get out of, there, out of here. If you are uh, listening on Spotify and Apple, uh, please do follow the podcast on there to uh, get the notifications for when it pops. Uh, with these uh, postponements, the uh, podcast might not come out on, this, on the same dates as they normally do, so it's worth uh, following and uh, subscribing or whatever terminology they use. Please follow the uh, podcast on Twitter as well, at said. And follow these guys as well, uh, at PRS Game for Phil Shaw, and at Bud, is it underscore? It is. Music. And I'm at Old Man Said. Just take off the my. Right. Until uh, hopefully we play another game sometime soon. We'll meet it's again. Good- don't know when, don't know where. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. David, you've dropped out big time again here. He's pro- yep, proper gone to breaking sh- up. Proper gone to shit this time as well. Right? Can you hear me now? Gone. Can you hear us? Any- he's can gone. Can you hear me now? David, are you there? Do you want to type anything in the message box? Yeah, I can. I can hear you back. This, this is going to be an absolute cunt to edit, by the way. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.